Well, good morning. It is uh, indeed a pleasure for us to be able to to provide this update for you this morning, um, to be able to share jointly our our work and our uh, mission to Cambodia in this past year. The ongoing question that um, that we wrestle with each year is um, why Cambodia? Um, why does God want us to return and to go back to Cambodia? And so for us, God gave us a verse. And that verse, if you have your, your Bible handy, it's in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12. And I'll just read that verse just to refresh this commitment and to give us sort of a sense of what God launched us with and the thought that we brought with us as we went to Cambodia. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll just pick that up at verse 17. So if you're there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed all the parts of the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many parts, but one body. And so, as we left um, Timmins, this area, and headed to Phnom Penh, and then on down to Sihanoukville, we brought with us this verse um, that God is sending us, and we have the knowledge and we have the confidence that we're part of the body in Cambodia. And we're part of the body to serve Him here in Timmins. Of that we're grateful. God is not limited to suggest that you have to be part of the body in one location. He's universal enough that we can be part of the body in a number of locations. And we can also be a functioning part of the body. And that was our prayer, that we wanted to function. And we wanted to be active. We wanted to be involved. And so, we're functioning in both places. And God gives us that, that liberty and that freedom to be able to do that. In particular, verse 20. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And it was clear to us, the call for us, was to go back to Cambodia and more specifically go to Sihanoukville, which is uh, Sharon will talk about location and where that is for the third time. This presentation for you this morning, it, um, it helps you to understand how God allows us to function within the body according to verse 17, 18, and 20. Being part of the body that has many parts, but one body. Here is um, a bit of a shot of Sihanoukville. Um, gives you a bit of a, a sense for sort of the, the layout of the land. We'll give you more pictures so you get a, a better picture of what it's, what it's about. You do see a lot of Buddhist monks in, in Cambodia. They're, they're very, very common. Most of them are very young boys, you know, anywhere from age. 10, 12 and up. Um, 
the family vehicle at the top there, and um, lots of activity. And this is a, sort of the center part of the, the city. So that leads us to a little bit about Cambodia. Um, those, is this working? Okay, those of you who were maybe not here last time we had the presentation, I'll just um, say this again, a little bit about Cambodia. Um, you can see the population is over 15 million. Um, the religion is primarily Buddhism. Um, and they are still recovering from the genocide. And you can see from 1975 to 1979, so it's very quite recent. And people are still recovering from the effects of that genocide. Um, for those of you who may not know about this, um, it was the, the, when the Khmer Rouge was in power and uh, basically it's written that um, in four years the leader, Pol Pot, um, murdered one quarter of the population um, and it claimed the lives of 1.7 million people. And um, he was a dictator. Uh, and established a medieval regime of terror as well as relentless, relentlessly hunting down Christians. So it was a horrible time um, of, in their history, which wasn't that long ago. Um, if you look at the map, um, you can see Sihanoukville at the bottom. It's a port city, um, and it's the place where uh, Cambodians, if they have money and they're able to, they go down there for um, holidays, um, Another the capital city is Phnom Penh. That's where people fly into. Um, and this is where um, you find um, um, the killing fields, which is in um, museums of still talking about the genocide. In Battambang, up in the corner, there is a um, province which is the leading um, producer of rice um, in that whole province. And just, um, there was a film just recently put out by um, Angelina Jolie. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Um, she um, depicted, uh, it was a bio biographical historical film, um, and she directed and, and had written it. Um, and it depicts a seven-year-old girl who's forced um, to be trained as a child soldier uh, during that Khmer Rouge. Um, and that was filmed in Battambang and also in Siem Reap. And Siem Reap is probably the most famous tourist area that uh, people go to. Um, there you find um, the famous one of the seven wonders of the world, Angkor Wat, which is, is the largest, one of the, it is the largest religious monument in the world. So that's just a little bit about, um, oh, you can see the countries that um, border Cambodia. There's Thailand, um, Laos, some people say Laos, and uh, Vietnam on the other side there. Did you want to say anything else about um, Yeah, just to, to add to what Sharon's mentioned there, just to give you a bit of a, a sense for size, you can see the, the scale of the map here. You know, this is roughly 100 kilometers. So, you know, the, the width and the breadth of, of Cambodia is roughly 500 um, kilometers by 500 kilometers. And so you can easily, you know, well, Given the road conditions, I wouldn't say easily, but <laughs> you can get across it in, in, in a, a day. Um, Canada, on the other hand, is something like 5,000 kilometers across it. And so it's, it just gives you a sense for the size of Canada and, and the smallness of Cambodia. Significant little country, but small in the sense of uh, just geographic presence. Just wanted to mention something about the people, too. Mm. Um, if you... Um, 
we've met people who've traveled to Cambodia, and one of the things that they mention is the people and how friendly they are. It's a poor country, but the people are um, just uh, friendly and they're engaging, and it is open up. It, it is the country's open to the gospel at this time, especially for children. Um, but this could be changing. There's an election in July of this year, and the prime minister is. Um, currently um, sanctioned and criticized by many countries for human rights issues. So we don't know if uh, what this next election will hold. But um, yeah, the people are, um, you never forget the people once you travel to Cambodia. They're no, exactly. very friendly. And they can impression upon you. Um, just in way of um, update as well, we left this um, past year um, with commendation from BFA, which we're, we're grateful for. That's, that's you. That, that's the church here commending us to the work in Cambodia. And so you, you send your blessing, you send your commendation. And so with that, we feel responsibility to report, to give you some update on what we actually were involved in and, and what, what the Lord did through our work in Cambodia. So that's part of the reason why we want to provide this uh, update to you. We also want to express to you uh, our appreciation for your prayers and your support. Your prayers are paramount. And through times of, of, of serving there, in sometimes difficult, sometimes um, challenging situations, you can sense God's prayer support. And that is your prayers. And that's paramount to the ministry of what we're doing there. It's just, it's, it just makes a night and day kind of perspective difference in terms of what, what we, we do. We also appreciate uh, Mission Services Canada, whom we're associated with. We went under the umbrella of MSC as we, we traveled, and we thank you for their support, um, their training and education, primarily in the area of things that perhaps BFA couldn't provide us to. If there is civil unrest or if there is evacuation plans required from the country, MSC will coordinate that for us and give us um, information on what we need to do if we had to leave in a hurry. Um, we will be attending um, MSC cultural training in um, Pennsylvania this June, and with that we'll gain more insight, and um, perhaps they'll tell us some of the things we should have done when we were there, but uh, we'll see. You know, it'll be interesting to get the training somewhat afterward. And just some of the changes this year. Um, uh, last time we... Um, stayed with a American couple, that, and they are still there. Uh, but this year we stayed with a Cambodian family, and he's the, the man is the pastor of the church that we worked with and, and his family. And this, that was a real privilege to actually um, you know, be with them and experience uh, their culture. Here um, we're having Bruce's hamburgers. Uh, he made hamburgers that <laughs> night. Uh, so we were able to share the way we cook food. The kids really love that. And, um, you know, we enjoyed trying their food, too. Um, so here is uh, a dinner, and uh, this past, the pastor's wife has taken the picture. So we were able to um, get involved in the kids' life, too, up at the school. They go to an international Christian school. Jonathan is the son. We attended a couple of, or one, I guess, only of his uh, soccer games. And Melissa had a spelling bee at her church, at her, at her school, and uh, we were able to go up there. And this is um, the pastor's wife's sister. And she's, um, Elaine's really involved in the church too. She helps out. 
And I just want to mention that the elderly lady there is Dr. Chan. Uh, she was visiting when we were there, and um, she was just an amazing woman. Um, besides the fact she's got a doctorate in nuclear physics, um, she actually works as a missionary uh, in late, her late 80s, that's how old she is, climbing three, two flights of stairs. We had three flights of stairs to our room. But uh, she came, comes every year to Cambodia, in particular to this place, the Anukville, to help with the Bible College. And uh, she um, also works and has worked for years with the underground church in China. So it just goes to show you, you're never too old. And uh, God works with, it's just so many, it was so interesting to meet so many different people. Uh, um, people that you run into, other missionaries. Yeah, it was, it was uh, just a great experience. Um, and the, oh yeah, this next slide is um, Pastor John and Melissa and us. And the other one is um, a picture of Lydia, the pastor's wife. And Sophia, she's a girl that I tutored in English. Uh, she's a college girl that uh, is going to um, study hospitality. And she um, is a Christian and she attends the church um, there. So yeah, it was just great to be brought into this year even more into the cultural aspect of the country. Hmm. And so with changes, there's always um, a positive view of changes and, and there's always um, perhaps a negative view of what we would perceive to be a negative view of things that are happening. See, in Oakville, when we first arrived, was a relatively quiet, sort of a quaint seaside, small little city in Cambodia. Um, a lot of tourists from a lot of different countries. Um, it was sort of an international sort of haven for... Um, it was a bit for backpackers and stuff like that, but you got people from, you know, every country there because of the culture and because of sort of the, the quaintness and the people that Sharon described. The, the, just the beauty of, of their nature. What's happened in the past 12 months is more of this. And... Um, this culture brings a different kind of behavior, it brings a different kind of atmosphere. And for Cambodia, particularly Sihanoukville, um, you'll see many, many, many casinos being built. And not just little mom and pop operations, you'll see massive Las Vegas style 30, 40 uh, floor buildings being built. And there's probably a dozen, maybe 15 of them that have popped up in the last eight, nine months, and, and there's more planned. So the ocean front of what was sort of a, this sort of Cambodian populated little business area has been pushed out, and what's been put in its place is um, the, the uh, casinos. Um, so the community is fast getting away. Um, it, it's becoming a getaway for very rich people who love to drink, who love to gamble, and who love to indulge themselves in every aspect of worldly living. So, you know, the, the worldly living, the sinful nature of Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, it's characterized in this behavior. We'll talk more about what's happening. We think, we hope, we pray with that. But that is changing this, the outlook and the, 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 the feel and just the sense for what CNO feels like. So we've seen that in the short time we've been there. 
Um, the call right from the beginning has always been to for the children to work with the children. Um, if when we helped with Sunday school, um, it was translated. Um, this is just a picture of Sunday school. Uh, you can see the kids. They sit on the floor. They come early. They are our kids. They can be um, noisy and. They love to sing and they love to memorize verses. Here they would memorize their verses in their own language. Um, and they always take a little offering. This is one girl going around with the offering bag. Um, they, they get about 40 to 50 kids that come out for the Sunday school. And this is what we continue to do. Language training um, and um, English training. And, and we were free to use the Bible, free for them to um, memorize verses in English. And Bruce had the older class uh, for teaching English, and uh, I was amazed at how many verses and how well they did. They were really excited to um, actually uh, memorize their verses for you anytime. I had the younger group; their English wasn't all wasn't um, they didn't know English that well. Uh, so, but they were memorizing their verses too in English. Um, but also, we continued to um, do devotions with them, Sunday school and um, with the children and young adults, as we mentioned before, with Sophie and, and uh, Elin. The kids don't seem to mind to sit on a concrete floor for an hour and a half. Um, you know, I don't know how we'd feel if we sat on the concrete floor for that long, but that's just normal for them. Yeah. So sitting on the floor, doing the work, um, their devotions, uh, any kind of artwork, it's all done on the floor. And, um, and that works quite well. As, as Sharon mentioned, the call has been to continue using language training, Sunday school, and other things. Um, but we felt this year going that we prayed that God would open new doors, new doors of ministry, new doors of opportunity. And that would give us opportunity to be able to interact with a, a broader range of missionaries, a broader range of, of, of work that's going on in, in the city of Sienokville. Um, down in the right-hand corner here, Sharon and I are participating in this um, English as a Second Language workshop. Um, that uh, group is from Stronghold, Cambodia. They're primarily made up of American uh, missionaries from um, Mission Network for Christ. Yeah. yeah, we always get that mixed up. Um, so that was sort of part of what we saw, was, was God opening up different doors for us and being able to interact with different works. And um, when we left in January, we prayed about opportunities for preaching and teaching, but to be able to emphasize the importance of unity in the body, unity in the body of Christ, and the need to work together in harmony and fellowship. There is only probably 2% of Christians in Cambodia. And Christians are few and far between in Sihanoukville. And so it's important that the group of the body of Christ, and there's differences in the body, of course, but to, to look at the key things in the body and to work together and to work in harmony rather than work in small silos. So, in preaching and teaching, that opportunity was presented in a number of different churches in a number of different formats. And so um, we trust that, um, that that will resonate with people uh, as they go forward. 
Um, so that same group, um, they had a team come from the United States to do a VBS when we were there, and they asked us if we'd help out. And um, as we said, we were willing to help out with any ministry, ministry that was going on. And this was held near the ocean, and um, you'd think that with all the beaches in the area that the kids would have that opportunity to, to get there, to go there, but they don't. And a lot of the kids don't know how to swim either. So um, they needed a lot of help. With, uh, 40 or 50, again, children came out. Um, it was very well organized. The American team came out, and they had everything organized, and we, we just had to help out. And we were able to, well, I didn't get in the water, but Bruce got in the water to um, be with the kids. But they don't wear bathing suits. They just jump in with their clothes on, their shirts and long pants or whatever. Um, even adults, they don't. Typically, if they go in the water, they don't put bathing suits on. They just wear whatever they're wearing, their jeans. And it seems strange to us, but that's a, a cultural, cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the VBS. Yeah. It's interesting that many of the Cambodians don't know how to swim. Yeah. They live by the ocean, but uh, for some reason they have a real fear of water. So for the kids to go in there in a supervised kind of a way, it was a thrill for them. I mean, they were shrieking and laughing and uh, just having a ball. See, we, we had to pry them out of the water, literally, but uh, well, it, it was a great, great, great day. Uh, ministry life, we had many, many opportunities to preach. Uh, I, I alternated preaching with um, the pastor at the, the um, church that we were at. Um, there's also... This, this is a, a different gentleman. His name is Nehemiah. Uh, preached at his church, which is just down the road, a couple of times. I'm not sure the point I was making when I was doing this, but there must have been something significant about that. Um, and all the preaching in, in that church was done in English and translated to Khmer. So you have to get used to, as you preach, to preach in, in phrases, and then allow the translation to, to flow. But... He was very, very good and, and very, very competent as far as switching quickly, you know, with, uh, and sometimes church language is not the easiest to translate, and um, they do it very well. This is a picture of, um, these are all college students. I um, taught a, a class on prayer at the um, college for um, Christian um, students here. These guys here, in a couple of years, will graduate and they'll go back to their respective communities, and they'll become um, pastor helpers with a view of becoming um, full operating pastors at some point. So they're in training now, and they, they give two or three years of their life, and then they go back with a goal of working in the church and coming alongside existing Cambodian pastors and keeping the faith growing on a national level as far as leadership goes here and as far as Bible teaching, which is really good. There was other opportunities. Sharon mentioned life school. This is where the children went. Went up there one day just to, just to visit and uh, met with the principal, and then they got the idea. We were interested in serving, and that worked out in an opportunity to teach a devotion in the senior class twice a week. So it was just things like that. We sensed God's opening doors, and we prayed about that. And as we were willing to, to do things, God opened more and more doors. So we appreciate that. Oh, 
Um, one of the things that um, we decided to do was, was to try some other sort of sources of ministry. And um, as you know, I like to play guitar um, and have a passion for it. And God uses your passion, whatever that might be. You can translate that into a ministry. And so I thought, well, we'll just throw open and say, um, on this day, there's, there's free guitar lessons for the kids in the neighborhood. Um, so I went down and bought that quality instrument right there. Um, that cost $60. And that was a significant investment. Um, the kids love that. These two brothers here, um, that's Pilot and Philip, two brothers. And... When they would come to school, they would race to the back to grab that guitar to practice it. And it just, they couldn't get enough of that. It's blue, of course, so that makes it extra special. But um, guitar lessons were something that they enjoyed. Then we started getting other kids from the neighborhood and other kids from the school coming out. So it was something simple like that, but we were able to, to just to spend time with the kids. This picture is um, doing the school run in the morning. So they're off to school instead of uh, putting them in the back of the car and getting them in the car seat and putting the seat belts on. Those things are optional. So um, I drove up to school, up to life school, some mornings when, when the, uh, the pastor wasn't available to take them. And um, that was interesting. To, it's interesting for me to travel through the streets of Seanookville on a scooter because it's like this and there's people coming like this. And so I felt quite um, blessed by the pastor, the fact that he entrusted his children to me. And, and I promised I would drive slow. And I drove slow, and I drove careful, and we, we didn't have any near misses, anything like that. Everything Can went Can I just straight. add, I, um, I said to Bruce, do you drive this fast when I'm on the back when you're with the kids? And he goes, no. I said, the same way you're driving with the kids? drive like that when I'm on the back. <laughs> I, I was very nervous. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that was even the past, like Lydia asked the kids, how does uh, teacher Bruce uh, drive? And they said, oh, he drives slow. Yeah, very slow, very slow. Maybe we'll yeah. just go to the next couple of, Bruce, the next couple of slides quickly now. Okay. Um, okay, just continue with ministry life. Uh, again, like I said, we ran into other ministry, um, Missionaries here, we ran into this couple. We'd known them from Australia. They were in Thailand at the time. It was just great to meet with them and just share experiences and um, just get different perspectives, pray with them. Um, again, um, just reinforcing the body of Christ. Um, and, and this is a picture of the um, kindergarten that we launched when we were there. We used funds, donated funds that were given to us through MSC. Um, that we purchased um, tables, chairs, mats, some toys, supplies we needed for that. Um, yeah, so that, that started off really slow, but that was something the pastor and his wife wanted to do. And the next slide just shows a little, again, um, culture. Um, it was interesting, you saw Bruce wearing a helmet in, on that moto, and here the pastor's wearing a helmet. That's the law. The driver has to wear a helmet. It doesn't matter about anybody else on the moto, but the driver has to wear a helmet. <laughs> Um, except for foreign people like us, we, we both have to wear helmets or you get stopped and fined. And that's just Lydia using um, an outdoor clay pot to uh, cook with. So with that, there are challenges. Um, with construction came 
or dust and dirt everywhere. The roads were being torn up, and we were, we were constantly driving behind trucks and construction equipment. And so it, it, it was quite dirty and dusty this time. The new look and feel of Cambodia's changed, particularly in, in this place with, with the casinos. Um, the ministry's being displaced. Um, I'll tell you quickly what's happening there is that um, because the casinos are being built up so quickly, there needs, there needs to be workers' uh, accommodations. And they're being purchased for two, three, four times whatever the, the current market value is in order to buy them. Whole apartment blocks, whole buildings. And Cambodians are being displaced as a result. They can't afford those kind of accommodations at those prices. And ministries are also being displaced. The church that we served in, they have to be out of their building by the end of May. The other stronghold, Cambodia, they've got a very large courtyard area. They have to be out by the end of July. And so for us, the challenge is, is that we're stretched to, to realize that God's in control of all of these things that we perceive as to be very negative and very challenging. God is in control of those things and to maintain our faith and trust through that. Um, some of the lessons learned is that we have to just trust God. Trust God in situations that we don't understand. Um, and know that these things do stretch your faith and stretch your trust. And that really directs us to prayer. To become more and more dependent upon prayer. Uh, the Cambodian Christians are very resilient. I mean, we're seeing examples where they're saying, you know, God, God will work this out. It doesn't look like it's possible now, but God will work this out, which, which, which we're already encouraged because, you know, we think, oh, what's, well, what's going to happen? And they're saying, God will find a solution to this. So we trust God through it. So that has been a real lesson to us. The example of the grace that they show under frustration and at times exhaustion. Um, and also for us, Sharon and I working together as a team, that's been a lesson learned, you know, that, um, we realize that we're a good team, you know, and uh, there was times that we, we challenged our good team kind of status, but um, um, we realize that through different situations, we develop an idea, add to that idea, put our ideas together and do something together. And, and um, for me, I think it really shows that God's in control of our relationship and it's growing our relationship and that is the intent of marriage, that God grows you as a team. And we learn that through some of the things. So that's one of the lessons that, that we're, we're learning to joy. And just a couple of pictures of the kids, um, just intently uh, listening to the Sunday school lessons. And these are girls that were in my class. We had a little party with them. And the next slide shows an interesting thing about the party. Um, we had a party, and um, in Cambodia, there's no public affection. Like, uh, on the streets, you don't hold hands. You don't, definitely don't kiss each other. But for Bruce and I, the kids saw us, you know, working together at the school and, you know, on the moto all the time, every day. And it's so strange because Bruce had these older girls, and um, they sometimes he'd come into the classroom, and they'd have Sharon, Hart, Bruce, you know, because like, and we, we'd say to them, like, you know, why, why, why are they doing that? And the pastor says, well, it's just unusual. You guys are maybe just different. So for a surprise, they gave us this cake for a party. We were just doing like a theme party, and they put, this was so, it was so strange. It was funny. They thought it was cute. Bruce loves Sharon. Yeah. Yeah. So the next kind of funny. Thing.
What's that? They're just the dates. Yeah, it was on the 23rd yeah, of March where we, we had to... It, it, we called it a birthday party, but it was just a party, and we learned about birthday things. But yeah, it was just the date. But it was a beautiful cake, and, and they purchased <laughs> us. And, and yeah, they it gathered us. money and they they bought it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cute. Prayer needs. Um, so that leads us to some of the key prayer needs. There's many prayer needs, of course, but prayer for locations for both this church and for um, Stronghold Cambodia and other churches that are being displaced. For the resilience to continue for the Cambodian Christians as they face difficulties and that they wouldn't become discouraged and that there may be more challenges that they'll face in the future. And also for prayer for, um, it's primarily Chinese people that are coming in that are buying up real estate and building casinos. And we pray that there might be a revival amongst the Chinese population. It's the fastest growing Christian population in the world, just to give you a statistic, there's 1.36 million Chinese in China. They say that Christians are growing at 7% per annum each year at the current rate. 7% of 1.36 million is 110 million Christians in China alone each year. And so if that continues, perhaps some of those people may find themselves living in Sian Oakville. And that may result in some revival of the underground church there. So we pray for that. And what's next? Um, we don't know. Because of the election that's going on, we don't know how open it's going to be. Um, we're continuing to dialogue and um, be in contact with our, the friends that we have and the other missionaries in Cambodia. And with MSC, there's always opportunities, and we're willing, and only God can sort out those details. But, you know, I was just going to mention that, um, you know, there's such a need everywhere around the world, like whether God keeps us here in Timmins or whether he takes us to another country, um, just serving him and is, is such a privilege. And, you know, we, as we talk about the Cambodian people, we also talk about ourselves and how we've grown in our even at the age we are, we're continuing to grow in our journey uh, with the Lord. Amen. Um, so once again, we want to thank you for, for your commendation and, and your willingness to um, pray for us and, um, and just see a vision of work in other countries such as Cambodia. So we, we do appreciate that. We are out of time. Um, is there any questions or that... Uh, that's sort of been on your mind, or maybe we can, if there's not, then we can um, perhaps meet up afterwards. Anything? Did we answer everything yet? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> What's the greatest obstacle in trying to convert someone who practices Hinduism to Christianity? Primarily, it's Buddhism here. And Buddhism is sort of an all-inclusive religion that um, um, just em embraces being good. And so they look at Christians and they think the work that we do is, is an example of sort of Buddhism, that we're trying to be good. Um, some of the biggest challenges that they face is because Buddhism is an ingrained family and community practice, not necessarily a a followed religion, but it's a practice. So once you depart from that practice and you no longer call yourself a Buddhist, in some cases you're stepping away from family and community. 
So you are isolating yourself. So if you step out as a Christian and you say, I'm following Christ and I'm rejecting anything that I had in the past, then you're making a, a very bold statement. And perhaps you'll, you might find yourself um, paying the consequences for that with your family and the community. I was just going to mention too, like if something happens to the children, like if they're um, coming to the church and uh, learning about the Lord, and something happens to them, they get sick or something for some reason, the parents blame it on the church. It's because they're going there. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. That happens. Yeah. Anything else? Okay, I think we have one more song. Turning on behalf of our church family here, we want to thank you very much for being our part of the body, our representative in going over there and doing the ministry of God and God. Thank you, Joe. Father, we do thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you for the blessed hope that we have in Jesus, that we're called into this hope by faith. We receive you, Lord, by faith. We thank you for the grace and the mercy and the compassionate love that you show for us as we labor for you. And as we we submit to you, Lord, we pray that you would give us the strength, the power, Lord, and the bravery, the courage, Lord, to, to serve you day by day. Help us not to, to shrink back in times of difficulty or times of facing adversaries, Lord, but give us strength that we might run the race and finish the course for you, Jesus. So as we leave this place today, Lord, we do enter a mission field. We enter a, a place where there are many people, Lord, that are lost and that are that are in need of direction in their lives, in need of a Savior, Lord, to, to love them and show them how they might live in a, a way that would please you. So. May you use us in our, our humble ways, Lord. Give us the words, give us the, the utterances, Lord, that we can just encourage those people in our neighborhoods and our workplaces. They might see something in us that might be attractive to them, that they might be a, attracted to not only us, but 